Where does Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter land in my latest 2023 NFL mock draft? We'll let you know next on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I am a scout, national scout over at the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And of course, I got Mr. LSU champion with me as always, my boy, my brother Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. I have to do a mic check first, DP. Make sure I'm good, man. Because last episode, my mic was not all the way in, man. I sounded a little faded away. So I had to make sure the mic was straight first, man. But what's up, everyone? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man. And like DP says, 2019 national champ. You know, but you know why we're here, right? We're here to bring you championship-level content. And, man, we might have a championship-level mock draft. Yes, we have our guy, man, on the ones and twos. His mock draft is up. You know how we do, man. We do the best pick, the sleeper pick, but also get to talk about the worst pick, the pick that don't make any sense. I'm excited <laughs> to get in there and let DP, which, you know, man, which one I disagree with. So, DP, man, let's kick this thing off. Keith, I, I'm going to toss it back to you because just like we did your mug last week, right? You, you you threw me that layup, right? You threw me the alley-oop. Even though I'm 5'5", five, five, I can still get up there a little bit. Uh, so, Keith, I'm going to throw it to you. What pick stood out the most to you? What was your favorite pick of my mock draft, my mock 7.0? Yeah, I'm going so, to stay in the first round, man, and I'm going to go with maybe not a very popular name, but I think it could lead to some explosive results, and that's Oregon State's tight end, Luke Musgrave, to the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> man. I think it's just a good fit, right? Like Because Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you know, they, they, these are contested catch guys. They work, you know, the intermediate. They can't take it vertical, but they need somebody in the middle of the field, like, and for them to be able to dictate things, right? And Luke Musgrave is that guy. He, he's a when you cut on the film, you watch Luke Musgrave, man. He's a vertical threat. He's a guy that has these these long strides. When he opens up, you see that he has the ability to separate away from defenders. So I'm thinking with Justin Herbert, and this is a conversation we have to get into Justin Herbert, right? Like we know this is an all world talent, but when are you going to start having? impactful moments in the playoffs right like when when are we going to have to start worrying about you being an AFC contender because as of now it's what it's it's Joe Burrow it's Patrick Mahomes you know we throw in Josh Allen and then it's a you know bevy of other teams but Justin Herbert it's time to take that next step and I'm wondering if adding a guy like Luke Musgrave like how how I just described him a vertical guy can add him just give him another piece man to be able to throw the football to because if y'all defense is not going to be able to stop him then we just have to simply outscore teams no I you know I agree with you man like I said just given that explosive when you have a quarterback that that loves to generate explosive plays you give him explosive weapons and then we saw like you know when guys got hurt last year Keith the offense didn't look the same so just adding more talent to the offense in general will be big especially for Justin Herbert Keith but I I would go to the second round for me and I want to go to to, to the Windy City, Chicago, man. And and 
<clears throat> and it, it, it just fell. It happened to fall the way that it did with the 54th pick in the second round. The Bears drafting Jameer Gibbs, running back, at, running back out of Alabama. And Keith, I think understanding similar to what you talk about with Herbert, right? Just giving weapons. We saw this with, we saw what giving weapons to a toolsy quarterback has done for a Jalen Hurts, right? Got all the way to the Super Bowl, Keith. We saw giving weapons to a to a good quarterback. Not doesn't have the best tools, but a quarterback that needed some help. And Tua Tagovailoa, and if he if he could have stayed away from those concussions, right, and protect himself a little bit better, and if he could have stayed healthy, man, they possibly knock out the Bills in in in, in the playoffs, Keith. Like that's just how good Tua and and Jalen Waddle and and Tyreek Hill has they were in twenty twenty two. So I think adding a Jameer Gibbs, you got DJ Moore, you got Darnell Moon, you had uh, Cole Komet and Chase Claypool, but getting a running back of the caliber of Jameer Gibbs for Justin Fields. Man, a guy that can move into the slot, as we know, a guy that can run the ball inside between the tackles and inside zone, the outside zone, wide zone uh, variation as well. 4-3-6 in the 40, explosive vertical runner, but a guy that probably has some of the best patient combined with footwork in this class. I love B. John Robinson, but I don't think anybody dances with the stars the way that Jameer Gibbs does, Keith. No, I agree, man. This is an extremely talented football player, and you're starting to hear – like he's starting to get more and more credit, right? Like that, and and this is something I've been preaching, you know, even before we've you know been the host of this podcast. I'm like, listen, this is more of a one and a one eighth type situation. This is not a one and then a distant two. And I think people are finally starting to cut the film on and being like, hold on, we have something really special, really dynamic with Jameer Gibbs, and it's different. I think that's the other element to it, right? Like when you compare him and Bijan Robinson, it's they're they're different players. But you, the, the difference is good, right? The difference is yeah. a positive thing in the sense of the fact of it's like, man, I could use this guy in so many different ways that this is just a, a, a straight up plus. So, man, the, the, the Chicago Bears to the uh, and Jameer Gibbs was a rather interesting pick, man. But coming up next, DP, coming up next, DP, we get into those worst picks, man. I get to point out <laughs> what picks and may not, we may not have already went through that pick already. So stay tuned to talk about what pick that I. <laughs> possibly do not like the DP put up with this uh with this mock draft. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Guys, you've heard me talk about this mobile gaming app and if you've ever thought that you'd make a good uh, GM, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons that lead your team to glory trying to build historic and historic dynasty. And guys, I promise you, you get to do things with Ultimate Football GM that allows you to be responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating players, salaries, and terms, as well as navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic gaming world. Ultimate Football GM is complete. It's a completely free and playable offline play as you go, as you want, and when you want to. Logged on NFL Draft listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. The worst pick of my 2023 mock points, Pock 7.0 rather. Keith, talk to me. Which pick did you agree with? Yeah, so I, I have two picks. I have two picks. Oh, okay, you're going to double down on me. All right. I'm, I'm doubling down on this, DP. I'm doubling <laughs> down on this. And one of them is, is, is we went through already. 
and that was the Jameer Gibbs to the Bears. Mm. I love the pick, but DP, you know how I feel about Jameer Gibbs. I know. Going 54, I know. So you know I had an issue with that, man. I love the pick. I was like, oh, man, he got my guy going all the way to number 54. So it hurt more than anything, right? Like, I love the play. I love the pick. I was just like, man, at 54. And I know how you feel about the running backs and the value. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm be honest, man. I think I was on – I was watching ESPN and I almost gave you a call uh, because Lewis Riddick and Mina Combs, they were up there talking about running backs and the value. And I thought of DP, and I'm like, man, I'm like, I I, I just can't do this, man, because I'm fighting hard for the RB, <laughs> and I'm fighting hard for the RBs. But, man, that was I, – I wouldn't say that was the pick I hate, but that was the – I was like, ah, come on. That's man. the one that hurt you the most. That's that, the one that, the hurt, one that hurt. Let's say that, that the, the pick that hurt. That was the pick that hurt. That's fair. But, That's man. fair. That's fair. <laughs> but the pick that I would say is that I, I think right – right mindset but i don't think right player a right fit was the drew sanders to the buffalo bills um mm-hmm. the understand the need of the buffalo bills needing a linebacker and obviously with them losing with terrell edmonds i get the edmonds brother brothers yeah. confused they lost terrell um, is it terrell uh, this uh, i think it's the other brother <laughs> <laughs> Tremaine, okay, Tremaine, that's right. Tremaine. Tremaine, yeah, I'm sorry, Tremaine. Tremaine. I get them mixed up a lot too. I get them mixed yeah. up. Their names. Yeah. <laughs> so them losing Tremaine Edmonds in in, I think the replacement. I understand replacing a linebacker with a linebacker, but I think the utilization is very different. Drew Sanders, I don't necessarily trust him to do some of the same things that I would trust Tremaine Edmonds to do, and I don't think they provide the same type of value. I think they're both good players but in their, their own rights, right? It's almost like T.J. Watt. Like, he's a linebacker, but you trust him to rush off the edge more than yeah. playing a stack back position. So if I had to pick one, that was the one I'm like, I get the thinking, right, the thought process, but I don't know if the Buffalo Bills would be able to get what they wanted or, you know, would be able to replace what they lost with just by drafting Drew Sanders. No, no, I, this this was a pick. I, I don't, I'm not even mad at you for picking this one, Keith, because this was tough for me too because I, I, I wanted to go linebacker. I, I initially, I'll tell you the truth, I initially had Jack Campbell here, right, out of Iowa. But I was like, the athletic profile isn't the same. You know, Drew Sanders is a more explosive and better athlete. And I was like, I feel like because he's new to the linebacker off-ball linebacker position, I looked at him as like a ball of clay for a Sean McDermott to kind of mold in his image, you know what I'm saying, and play him as that kind of middle stack backer, but then walk him up and rush him off the edge, which is something they still need on their defensive line too, is a consistent edge presence opposite a healthy Vaughn Miller. Um, you know, you can kind of get creative with, with, with Greg Rousseau as well. So this was a pick, Keith, that, like I said, I'm not even mad at you because I struggled with this one, bro. I really did. I was like, you know what? I, I, I really liked Drew Sanders for what I've seen on tape of him. And I was like, you can mold him and you can build him. And I, they need a linebacker. But I was like, I couldn't pull the trigger and give him Jack Campbell just because of the athleticism. And I, and I really like Jack Campbell and what, and what he is as a player. Man, you know, because I'm not going to lie, you know, not because it's my mock draft, but it was hard to, it, like, it's pinpoint. Kind of because it's your mock draft. <laughs> not because it's my mock draft, but I struggled, like, trying to find a pick that I really – Really didn't agree with or didn't like. And I had to go back to the first round. And it was, even though I think the fit's good, it's just more so first round value. And it's the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, me giving the Baltimore Ravens Jordan Addison, the wide receiver of the USC. 
I'm not as high on Jordan Addison as a lot of people uh, were this entire time, right? And, and it wasn't just the combine and him running slower and seeing them in person, standing like almost like literally two feet away from him, realizing, man, he's a smaller, slimmer guy, right? And and just seeing the things on tape that worry me with, with him playing outside, it's, it was just like, okay, I don't mind him. I think he fits well with Rashad Bateman, uh, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and Devin Duvernay, but I don't view him as a first-round player. Keith, and it was just like, but the Ravens either go corner or receiver. And for them, I was like, okay, he is one of the better receivers in this class. But the struggle of it all is like, you don't have a second round pick because you traded that pick to Chicago for Roquan Smith, which was very, very helpful for your defense. But I was like, man, like I rather if if you're going to wait for anything, right? I don't want them waiting on the receiver again, Keith. So I had to reach in my own. I know some people may not view it as a reach, Keith, but in my personal opinion, I view it as a reach because I don't view Jordan as a first round player. I think he's a second round talent. So I feel like it's a reach to grab him in the first round. But at the end of the day, I, for them, I'd rather them say, you know what? Let's go get a good receiver. Let's, let's, let's go in on this. Let's do it for the, for the first time ever. Let's go and get a first, a good receiver in the first round because you don't have a second round pick. I think they have a, a pick in the third and the fourth, but I can, wait for corner back there you know I can get a we know this is a loaded cornerback group key so that's kind of where my mindset was and like I said there's no shot at, at, at Jordan Nassau I just don't I just haven't graded him or viewed him as a actual first round prospect yeah I mean I'm glad you went through that because when I seen that and obviously you know we talk draft right so I kind of know where you stand with a couple players and seeing Jordan Addison in that position and then knowing how you feel about Lamar Jackson and that situation I was surprised to see that player with that pick, right, with that team. Um, and I, I, the the question I would have with that, right, because that was a questionable pick for me also, was that is he going to be what they need, right? Because, I, I mean, you know, with Jordan Addison, we, we like him, we don't love him, right? And you're talking about I think the Ravens need a true X receiver. Like, uh, uh, did you make this pick with the thought in mind of Rashad Bateman? Also, yeah. like them complement each other, or because I'm and you know what it is, and Rashad Bateman ha- has barely played, right? So when I think of the Ravens, I don't even think of Rashad Bateman on his receiving court. Like that's that's the <laughs> other part. So if, and I'm just be, I'm just being honest because he's you know he hasn't played he's been hurt. Through the injury, yeah, and not knocking him, but you know you just yeah. you don't go through that and be like, okay, this is part of receiver court because it's still he's still relatively unproven, right? And so that's what I wanted to ask you if you thought of it in. A, to be a complimentary piece to what we believe Rashad Bateman could be as a player, then I get it, right? You may have two yeah. number two wide receivers and you have a solid receiving core moving forward. So I like with that thought process, you know, it's not that bad, DP. It's not that bad. I had to throw my, you know, my worst picks out there. I had to critique <laughs> you a little bit, go through it and be like, man, let no, me. No, no, no. It's just talk cool. To my guy, let it's him know, cool. you know. Yeah, that's, always that, that's where where you were talk where you were going with that Bateman. That that's where my mindset was, Keith. I looked at it like, okay, healthy Bateman. I saw the flashes. Why he's been healthy, even though for a short period of time in his first two years in the league. Now it's going to year three for him. This is a pivotal year. Stay healthy, right? Create that. You know, you, you want him to have that. If you're gonna if you're gonna start the way you start, you want him to have that Keenan Allen, right? Keenan Allen was hurt early on, and then he got healthy. And had, you know, multiple seasons consecutive of being mostly healthy for the year and not being out for the season like Bateman has, you know, kind of early on in his career. So a healthy Bateman plays that X receiver spot. Like I said, you kind of come out, especially with Todd Munkin, 12 personnel, and you have 
Isaiah likely Isaiah likely with Mark Andrews right at the two tight end positions with either Devin Duvernay or um it's, it's Devin Duvernay or uh Jesus Jordan Addison flanking right so I think that's where the 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 thought process was for me Keith uh just hoping that Rashad Bateman can finally stay healthy and I think all these weapons together will be the best group of receiving options that Lamar Jackson has ever had in his five to six year career with the Baltimore Ravens, which is actually very sad to say, cause he was on the rookie freaking contract. If he's with the Baltimore Ravens. Next yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> and when you read the blurb, it's going to say, let's assume he's still a Baltimore Raven in 2023. <laughs> but yes, I, I'm, 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 I'm with you there. I'm with you there, brother. Yep, man. So now, nah, man, look, we went through the best, we went through the worst, and you like we always do, man. We got to come with the sleeper picks, man. Picks that, um, you know, if you're not a fan of this team, you should hope this pick doesn't happen because this is probably <laughs> going to be a great, a great situation, and everybody's going to overlook it at the moment. But this opportunity, as far as player and team um, coming together, has the chance to be an explosive combination. So coming up next, man, we're picking those sleeper picks from. DP's Mock Draft 7.0 with the Draft Network. It's time to wake the people up, Keith. It is time to talk sleeper picks. What you got for me, big fella? Man, DP. I, I'm, I'm, people are going to look at this Mock Draft and they're going to say, is DP a Seattle Seahawks fan? Right? Because <laughs> I'm not going to go with one pick. I'm going with the entire draft. These guys walked out of here with Jalen Carter, the number one interior defensive lineman. They walked out of here with John Michael Schmitz, the number one interior offensive lineman. Then they hit the second round. They get Derek Hall, the edge rusher from Auburn, right, which is a high-level football player with a lot of potential. And then they finish it up in the second round with Marvin Mims, the explosive Oklahoma wide receiver. So you talk about a A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. Like they knocked that thing out of the park, addressed every single team need. And this is the type of draft that they – if they hit this, right, they knock this out of the park. You're talking <laughs> about the Seattle Seahawks back to the days of they're running the NFC West, potential legion of boom, like they're like legit NFC contenders, and you have to worry about them being Super Bowl contenders. Keith, now nah, I mean, it, it was crazy because literally as I'm going through the picks, every time I came, you know, I always look back at their needs and see what they needed, right? They needed a defensive line. I was like, you're at five. The quarterbacks that they're on the board are gone. I don't, I don't view, I don't feel they value Will Levis high enough, you know, to put him at five or to take him at five. If it was reverse and he went to a rich, then yes. But then you look at Jalen Carter, and there's any coach that I feel can get the best out of, you know, if you have those character concerns. I think Pete Carroll, right, is one of those guys that you know. If we know, we if we know about Marshawn Lynch. Then what we know now, some people will be like, oh, I don't know if I like his character. You know, they will feel weird about his character because he's very eccentric and he's very open and everything else, which I love Beast Mode, you know, but he's not for everybody. So I was like, man, Jalen Carter, of course, losing Austin Blythe at center. You need to go ahead and refill that position. John Michael yeah. Smith is one of the best, if not the best centers in this class. And you know, like I said, getting down into that second round, and I'm just like, man, OK, see, I was back up on the board. They need edge. Give me my boy Derek Hall. You know what I mean? He was the best available in my opinion. And then Marvin Mims is getting another receiver. D. Eskridge, explosive kid, but, you know, has not manufactured and not really 
turned into what, you know, to anything of relevance for this receiver core. And if they're not going to invest in the tight end position heavily, they need to go ahead and get uh, some more uh, weapons for Geno Smith and whoever's going to be playing quarterback in the next three, four years. So, yeah, listen, the Seahawks came out with an A-plus on this situation. Listen, it'll be rare, though. It'll be rare for Pete Carroll them to, to go A-plus draft classes back-to-back because they, they take some swings, man. They take some swings. But, you know, hey, listen, you know, GM Dame loves the teams, man. GM Dame loves the teams. Uh, Keith, I'm gonna go second round. You know, I've, I've kind of lived in the second round outside of uh, the the, the uh, Jordan Addison discussion. Sam Laporta at 49 to the Detroit Lions. I this be dangerous. This is like <laughs> with the with the offense they already have, right? Sam, we we watched tape on Sam together. He can block. He moves like a receiver. I talked about Mark Andrews in the last segment, and he that's the comp for me is he's very reminiscent of Mark Andrews, a guy that moves like a receiver, runs routes like a receiver, a good athlete. He's physical and strong, good ball skills as well. And I'm just like, man, you think about putting him with Amara St. Brown, with, with um, you know, Jamison Williams, DeAndre Swift, that offensive line, Ben Johnson. I think it's uh, I think it's Ben Johnson or whatever, the, the offensive coordinator that just Literally, probably going to be a head coach yeah. in twenty twenty four uh, after this season. Get one more season as an OC, and then take take yourself to an offensive coaching job uh, or a head coaching job. Rather, I think just with Jared Goff, this is this is the year, man. I think this is the Detroit Lions year. You know, what I mean, the year the year the proud baby. Get that roar going and go get yourself a, a playoff spot. Right, go take this division. The the Ice Man is no longer there. Like, well, he's there. But he's got all his bags packed, all his stuff. He's just waiting on the U-Haul. He's going to be leaving to go to New York soon. <laughs> so don't worry about the Iceman that is Aaron Rodgers. You got to go and you got to knock off Justin Fields and you got to knock off the Minnesota Vikings who don't look like they're, they're not going to be as strong, I think, you know, especially if they cut Dalvin Cook. I think that's a terrible decision if they do so. But there's talks about that, Keith. So if they lose one of their top three players, like on the entire roster, that's kind of wild to me. So I look at it like, all right, there's a real strong chance for, for, for Dan Campbell to get his playoff berth and potential playoff victory in the round one of the playoffs, man. Let's build this team up. I think Sam Laporta adding him to this offense is dangerous. Yeah, no, I, I like that, man. And, and going back to the New York Jets, I want to give them or give you, I guess, right, a little credit. Um, these would be two good selections, man. They're not sexy positions, but you're talking about interior offensive linemen from Wisconsin, Joe Tipman, which the Jets need offensive linemen. I think everyone talks about this run game for the New York Jets, right, which was, was solid in, you know, the Brees Hall situation. But having studied the New York Jets, you have to understand that those runs came in bursts. They came in spurts, right? Like it wasn't a consistent thing. And I think that comes with an improvement along the offensive line. So I think they're addressing that that center position, which is not nothing, like I said, it's not a sexy position. But you're able to address that position. Then you think about Aaron Rodgers standing back there, um, you know, having to deliver the football. You have Joe Tipman, who's 6'5", 6'6", as a center. I think that's, that's really good for them. And then the second pick you gave them is their back-to-back picks is Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson. Once again, not a sexy position, but what Trenton Simpson does, man, you're talking about one of the most athletic linebackers, can flow sideline to sideline. You know, the C.J. Mosley played better last year, right? But we know that that's not his game, right? His game is not right. covering guys, playing in space and stuff like that. So you're talking about a, compl- a complimentary piece along with the guys that they already have on his roster. Um, I think this will help upgrade that defense 
and you know just further solidify them as a as a good defense and you know top 10 defense in the nfl going into the 2023 nfl season yeah, I mean, I, I I really like what I was able to give them, you know, in this draft in general, going Paris Johnson the first, doubling back down the offensive line with Joe Tipman, right, and then getting Trenton Simpson. Now, just a little disclaimer, I'm assuming one of these picks are traded off to the Green Bay Packers. If, if not both of them, yeah. <laughs> if not both of them, you know, once you figure out this situation with Aaron Rodgers and the trade compensation, you're not going to give up the 13th pick, so you're more than likely giving up two seconds, if not at least one of these seconds will be, you know, you know a Green Bay uh, Packers selection. So, but as in this in this exercise, I, st- I stuck with you know until that trade manufactures. Um, I stuck with those picks with the Jets, and I just wanted to continue to build them up. Because at the end of the day, Keith, getting that explosive playmaker that's a Trenton Simpson who could play safety and play some off-ball backer, he can blitz, he can rush off the edge, just giving Robert Sala a, a chess piece of sorts to just mm-hmm. have fun with and figure out, hey, man, like we've seen it with so many different court, defense coordinators, just having that guy that they game plan just to attack, de- to attack the opposing offenses every week. They use them differently. And I think that's what, what, what Trenton Simpson is. He's a chess piece. He's a piece that the quarterback needs to know where he is on the field at all times because his ability to drop off in coverage, right? You want to send overload left and drop him off? He can be that guy that takes away that quick slant or jumps anything in the flats. But if you want to rush him off the edge, you want to blitz him through the A-gap, you want to drop him off as a safety and blitz a safety, he gives you versatility and creativity as a defensive quarterback. And I just love his overall skill set with his build, his athleticism, four four three, all that good stuff, man. Two thirty five, two forty. I think this is a young man that they can do a lot of different things with. Of course, you know my 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 love for the for my guy Tipman, man. You know a people mover, big physical guy that can help that running lane, especially when you have a running back like a Brees Hall. That mean you both know thrives off of giving him a run lane, giving him open lanes to grass and, and opportunities to to win vertically. So I think that's a big a big big piece of it, especially having the Paris Johnson at either left or right tackle, depending on what they do with Mackay Beckton. Now this offensive line just looks a lot better, Keith, especially with having an assassin like an Aaron Rodgers in the in the in the backfield under center, man. So no, nah, I think that I think the Jets uh if, if you're a Jets fan and you're not happy with it, you know, beggars can't be choosers and I can't I can't do nothing for you, man. I can't <laughs> I did my best here. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? I did my best, guys. But um and I, I would throw one other sleeper pick was Jalen Hyatt to me to the Tennessee Titans, man. You know, pairing him up with Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is a number one receiver for that offense. And getting a guy that is a burner, a guy that you can move around, get them free releases, and then if they keep their carrying, they keep that run first mentality, get those you know, defenses not gonna play too high against them, Keith. You know they're gonna roll a safety yeah. down to try and stop because you know at the end of the day, Ryan Tenhill is a yeah, average quarterback. And I, I think I, I think I mocked Jalen Hyde to Tennessee too, but if I had the pick one that I was like real skeptical about I think it is this one too and not so much of I I understand what the ceiling could be but I think this one has a high like a low floor also right Mm, because I think like boomer bust yeah like Traylon Burks is so specific in what he does then Jalen Hyde is so specific in what he does then you think about they had a guy Kyle Phillips right playing in a slot you know he's specific in what he does so I it just I wonder if it meshes enough, right? Or like, do yeah. these guys almost operate like? Do they will they mesh well, or will they are they so far apart as far as what they offer that it, it there's no cohesiveness? You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not able to gel and mesh as far as what they're able to do. That's a good point. I, I'll, I'll close it out. You know, my final point. I would. I, that's a good point. I think for me, it's like 
okay, let, let's become, you know you're going to run the ball, the hard play action and everything. You're going to see cover one uh, or single high, right, middle of the field closed uh, with single high safeties. So I think that you should become more of a uh, try and generate those explosive plays, right, Ver- the, vertically with the Traylon Burks and Jalen High, but also both of those guys be able to run the deep crossers and the mesh concepts and stuff like that where you have the horizontal explosive plays in the passing game as well. Or <laughs> – Maybe, maybe, you know, just a thought. You play Malik Willis and you just give yourself one of those true, ver- a big arm quarterback that can truly create those ver- vertical uh, plays down the field. And you just like to see what he can do with a full offseason and with better weapons, uh, you know what I mean, in, in this offense. So whether it's Tannehill or Malik Willis, you got to create some more v- vertical uh, opportunities for your offense unless you're just tanking and it's like, whatever, we want, we're tanking for Caleb. Collapsing for Caleb, as my guy Ray Garvin or AGQ would say, tank uh, collapsing for Caleb. So I don't know. We'll see. See how it goes, but that's just that's that's our show, guys. You know, we always love to have some fun out here, man. We appreciate y'all making thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today. You know for what's coming up on Tuesday, right? You know it's gonna be Dames dudes, a little this or that. So come in and, and join the conversation with us, man. You know, tap in with us tomorrow. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. For Keith Sanchez, you can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the, converse, the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.